Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Stars Like Us. I'm your host, Elisa Kelly, and I am so excited. Today, I am with a fellow astrologer, TikToker, Cole Frotz. I just realized I didn't ask if this is how you pronounce your last name correctly. Did I pronounce it correctly? You did perfectly. Oh my God. Thank you. This is a Virgo moment here. So, (laughs) (laughs) so Cole is a Gemini sun, Aries moon, Virgo rising. We were just talking a lot about Mercury, even though low key, our subtopic of today is Mars, but that's also fine because we both have Mars and Virgo. So like everything is dispositing back into Mercury, Virgo stuff, Gemini stuff to begin with. We're also talking during Gemini season. Cole is a self-taught astrologer of seven plus years and a TikTok comedian with over three million followers. What the fuck? That's so many people. He aims to educate fellow astrology lovers through relatable, humorous, and well-informed content. He is the resident astrologer for Smudge Wellness and resides in New York City. I also reside in New York City, so I got very excited by that. Oh, Um, fun, fellow New Yorker. (laughs) Yes. Where are you from originally? I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. Ooh. Yes, a Midwesterner at heart. I love corn. I love ranch, all of those good things. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Love to see it. So, Cole, how did you go from corn and ranch to Cosmos and 3 million uh, followers on TikTok? That's so many people. Yeah. So, I, um, like most people during quarantine, was um, fled back home. So, I led, led, left the city for a while and, you know, sitting back home, love. Love Ohio, but uh, it got a little tiresome doing the same thing every day. And I just downloaded TikTok. I was very, very bored. And I you know, just started creating content. And I didn't start making astrology content until about three, four months in. Right? I've always loved astrology. I've always practiced it. It's been a very integral part of my own spiritual development and my own identity. But I felt like it was very personal to me. And I didn't want to show that side of the world because the... Um, the Catholic guilt in me, which could be a Ooh. whole other topic, was like, I don't know, is this like, is this right for me to talk about? Um, but I started making some lighthearted humor about like the astrology signs and different placements and stuff, and it started really taking off. And I continued to do it, and I had such a blast doing it because, as a Gemini, I love any sort of social interaction, making people laugh, just having a good, lighthearted time. Um, and then in October of last year, I was at like 10,000 followers. So I was like, Ooh, I am hot shit. I'm feeling myself, (laughs) which by the way, I, this might be an interesting mirror because as of yesterday, I just got to 10,000 followers. So this might be, Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, this, but this might be an interesting mirror for like, cause that just happened yesterday. I unlocked the Q and a feature. I'm like, Oh my God, look at this hot bitch. Like we're ready to roll. But then it seems like quite a jump to 3 million from there. Yeah, it will. It just, I always joked that, you know, my dream job would be to be like Jenna Marbles, you know, just a socialite, social media person. Um, And people always say like, oh, like you can go viral overnight. And it felt like I went viral overnight because I hit 1 million in February of this year. So between October and um, February, I amassed a million followers essentially. And I was like, how is this possible? I'm literally just a kid who loves astrology, making jokes on the internet, just here for a good time. And it's allowed me to now be self-employed. So I'm able to be a full-time astrologer and content creator. It allows me to connect with people every day and share the thing that I love the most, which is astrology and getting to know myself better and getting to help people understand themselves better through my own form of spirituality, which it's just been been crazy. And people in my hometown always talk to my mom. They're like, can you believe what he's doing? And I'm like, I'm literally just this, you know, small town Midwestern kid from a super like, you know, Catholic family and all this jazz. And everyone's like celebrating the fact that I'm a social media influencer and astrologer. Like, you know, 15 year old me who picked up my first astrology book would have never imagined this is <laughs> where I would be. And now I here I am. And I'm like, this is crazy. It's so fun. So it definitely has changed your life. It's not just it, it's not just a vanity number. It's also like no, my life has really transformed as a byproduct of this platform. Yeah, and I think I I try and keep myself humble and grounded every day. You know, words I live by are remember where you came from. My mom told that to me the um, the day I was flying out to New York City to move here full time for my old corporate job. 
And um, I live by those words, right? Remember where you came from. I came from humble beginnings. I came from a place where you had to work and to grind. But at the end of the day, you remember the simple pleasures of life. And you remember that there's always something to laugh about and something to smile about. And that's what I try to do through my content, right? I never intended to be TikTok, you know, to be a TikToker. I was just doing it because I needed a creative expression to just express myself and not be, you know, stuck in the boredom of quarantine. And it became something that allows me to do what I love the most and remind myself every day, you know, some days we have a really great, you know, performance and, you know, millions of people see my videos. This past week, I've been getting like maybe a hundred thousand views on my videos with, you know, the, the vanity in me is like, oh gosh, that's not a lot. But the, you know, the grounded person in me is like, whatever, you're making videos that make you laugh and make, you know, a hundred thousand people laugh. That's a win, right? It's like, I don't know. It doesn't feel like, I don't feel like I'm a celebrity. <laughs> so it seems, it seems like you have a, a sem, a somewhat like healthy relationship with TikTok, at least from what I'm, how you're speaking to me right now. This obviously people are multidimensional. This doesn't <laughs> mean that it has to be this way, but I'm curious as to how are you actively maintaining a healthy relationship with that platform? Yeah. So I, I don't read comments at all. I I'll read like the first few. Right. And, um, just like I'll post and then like, maybe five minutes later, I'll look and just like reply to people who are like, Oh my gosh, does he like reply? Just like, cause I think it's fun just to reply to people be like, Hey, I love you. Thank you for your support. Um, but I try not to read comments on my TikToks because they can get, you know, toxic sometimes. Some people can be like, this is totally wrong. Do you even know what you're talking about? I'm like, well, yes, I do. <laughs> I'm just giving you a perspective that you might not agree with. Um, so I try to avoid reading comments as much as possible. I, um, I try not to focus so much on the numbers, right? It's, it's definitely a benefit that, you know, I can, you know, through the creator fund and all that jazz get paid via TikTok. But, you know, whenever I have these moments of like, oh my gosh, it's not performing well, or none of my videos are trending. I'm like the next three days, all you're going to do is just post dumb, dumb content that only you think is funny that you don't think any, like, you know, it, Cause it gets to a point where you might create content for the audience, mm -hmm. which I think all, you know, influencers do. But whenever I find myself doing that, I'm like, Hey, check it back, rewind, create content that's for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Give yourself that reset moment. Don't look at the numbers, the analytics, any of it, just be stupid, be fun, laugh at yourself. Um, and that gives me my reset of like, this is, you know, this isn't life or death, right? I'm not doing brain surgery. I'm, you know, comfortable. I can still make a living through doing readings and through, you know, doing partnerships and things like that. And through like, you know, being a resident astrologer. So, you know, I always, I give myself these little checkpoints of level set, right? It's not all about the glitz and the glam. It's about making sure that you're still being authentic and genuine and doing what you love and why you love. Mm -hmm. I think that that's really wonderful advice. And I think that it's also something that we have to just keep reminding ourselves, reinstating, because especially during quarantine, the world became the internet. You know, the world had contained the internet prior to quarantine, and then it was the internet. And I think that, you know, we are constantly having to rework and redefine what those boundaries are to make sure that we are still remembering how to be present in, you know, not the digital world, but also like the physical world which also includes like embodiment and how we are processing things and maintaining our mental health. Like all of that is of the body, not of the yeah. internet. I, I completely agree. And it's something that I, you know, have to check myself, you know, because someday I was just talking to my boyfriend and his family about this, you know, we were on a vacation recently and I was like, I'm constantly on, right. You know, cause being now social media is my career. That's how I get my clientele. That's how I connect with people. But I have to remind myself, take a step back. You are more than the views. You're more than the likes. You're more than any sort of comment that someone gives, right? You know, you are your cult, right? And you're just giving a facet of your personality to the world in a very broad spectrum. But it's not indicative of your, you know, at least what I tell myself, right? It's not indicative of my own sort of character, right? It's just something that I do that makes me happy. And if other people vibe with it, that's awesome. If people don't vibe with it, that's great too, right? Because they have something else that makes them happy. Mm -hmm. So do you and your boyfriend live together? So personal, I know. Uh, so personal. Actually, no. Uh, we live separate. We actually are... He moved to New York City. He lived here for a year and then he got another job opportunity back home. So 
we're going to be doing the long distance thing, but we've always talked about like moving in together and what that would look like. I'm, uh, even though I'm a Gemini, I do like my personal space. I think this is more of like my Virgo placements popping off, um, where I'm like, I do like my personal space. So I said, if we moved in together, we would have like a two bedroom so that like some nights I can just be alone and I have my reset. But, uh, no, we don't live together, but I'm thinking we probably will soon. Well, the reason I'm asking because not just because I am a nosy bitch, but I, <laughs> but I, I also it. am asking because I have a partner. We have been together for, it'll be five years. And I definitely feel like aware of him being aware of how much time I spend on my phone for better and for worse, for better, because it keeps me grounded and it makes sure that I'm not like literally, you know, getting fucking scoliosis of the spine, like bent over looking at my phone in weird angles for six hours or some shit. But then also for worse, because I feel like maybe if I didn't have this sort of like looming, not judging, my partner doesn't judge, but I think just this, you know, he's part like serious relationships are mirrors, you know, and him holding a mirror also is a reminder of like, Aliza, like how, like, are you also like, are you fucking around or are you doing your work? And I feel like that, you know, with my Capricorn rising, especially it's like, there's such a fine line and it's really hard. So I find myself like, if he walks in the room and I'm on TikTok, I'm like, get off, you know, like, I don't want him to think I'm fucking around, like just watching TikToks all day. But part of TikTok from what I can understand is also like being on it enough to know like what sounds are there, what's trending, like what fucking hashtags there's hashtag dad moves, right? Like it's so interesting how the app itself has made your success also kind of dependent on participating in it, which is not something that exists on Instagram, for instance. No. Yeah. And I've noticed that too. Like I'm starting to grow my Instagram more um, because I want to be able to not like step away from TikTok, but, you know, have just like a little bit more of a separation where it's like, okay. Yeah. And also like diversify that portfolio, smart move. Oh, fully, completely. Um, But yeah, like I would say my TikTok consumption, the, I would say probably like 80% of it, the time I'm on TikTok, I'm researching, right? Watching videos, listening to, you know, following hashtags, you know, seeing what other creators in the astrology space and the comedy space and all of that are creating. And then I maybe 20% of the time I'm on TikTok is actually creating my content, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fortunate enough that uh, not to toot my own horn, I think I'm very witty and I have a very quick sense of humor, right? When something comes to me, I can film it and it comes out pretty great. But a lot of that time is that I'm on TikTok is I, I view it as research, right? And it's time for me to really see, okay, what's trending? What can I use? And sometimes there are things that are trending that has literally no association to what I create. So you know, I'll sit and sort of think, be like, mm, can I make something with that? And that brainstorm process, it's like, no, this just it just doesn't connect with me or my brand. So I got to go find something else, find a new sort of, you know, quip that I can, you know, put my twist on. And then obviously, as I said as well, too, sometimes I just make content that's just for myself, where I'm just like, this is something that I thought was funny. I was laying, laying in bed right before I'm about to go to sleep. And I'm like, oh, here it is. That happens all the time. Whenever my boyfriend sleep, sleeps over, he's like, I'll wake him up in the middle of the night. Be like, oh my gosh, like, here's a funny idea. He's like, that's great. Okay, I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I, is, is your boyfriend a content creator as well? He is not. No. So, um, he, if, if we get married one day, he is going to be the one who provides the health insurance and, you know, the 401k and all the stability. He, uh, he's not a content creator, but he's like so supportive of me being a content creator, which I think is great. And he, he boasts about it more than I do. I think there is like a, um, an air of, and this is my Virgo coming out, um, like imposter syndrome and sort of like weird about like, you know, celebrating my success that he does for me. Where it's like, he always says like, oh yeah, Cole's a content creator and he's a full-time astrologer. And my boyfriend literally works in finance where I'm like, cute. Love that. I love that Mr. Big for you. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm like, how did I land a finance person who is, and he's, he's even not like spiritual, right? I identify wow. very spiritually. He identifies more on like the realm of like atheism, but he's like so supportive and he loves talking about it, loves learning about it. Where I'm like, you are quite literally the polar opposite of me when it comes to what we do and what we believe but like it works out so well because he has this level of confidence in what I do that sometimes I don't have um mm. so it's such a great pairing and he's always like I'll help you make videos I'll help film I'll help you like edit look at things and I always get nervous because I'm like I don't know is he gonna like judge me is he not gonna think it's good um but yeah so he's he's not a content creator but he's 
he's more supportive of me than I can be sometimes. Totally. I mean, I think that that's like, I mean, it's also like beautiful Gemini in tarot lovers energy, you know, like the duality having this sort of, you know, again, like lovers are mirrors. Like they really, Mm -hmm. what a good relationship is going to support you. It's going to make you feel like excited, inspired. It's going to make you feel like you can really drop into your potential. And then a toxic, shitty relationship is going to do the antithesis of that. It's going to like make you feel like you have to be really small and that you can't express yourself and that you aren't capable of doing all those things. So him sort of celebrating your success on your behalf is also an extension of you being able to celebrate it, but like allows you the humility, which is obviously also so fucking important, um, not just for like the optics of like not being an asshole, but for your own like centering of, you know, I know what I'm about. I know, you know, that if any of this, like, I know how to keep my relationship with my followers, my fans reciprocal so that the power dynamics don't get skewed. I think about Mm -hmm. that a lot. I mean, I'm a Pisces moon, so I'm obviously like a very sort of dreamy, cerebral person. But I think about all of the times that, you know, people, fans have turned on uh, the the individual that they're following, you know, and this is even predating like the cancel culture of today, like even just Britney Spears, you know, like in 2007, the way that all of her, the media and all of her supporters and all of her fans, like, we're so quick to jump on the bandwagon of like her falling apart, you know, mm-hmm. how does a relationship break down like that? I think about that so often um, because especially with the growth that creators can have in such a short amount of time, you know, like you going from 10K in the fall to we're speaking in June now and you're at 3 million. That's so many people. That's exponential growth. And it's so amazing that everyone is so supportive, but it's so scary to like one day, what if they all were like, we want Cole to suffer. Like, we don't want to support him. We want to drag him to the ground. Like, obviously, like, no way in no world do I want that to happen. Would I will that to happen? Would I even, I don't even want to speak it out loud, but it's really scary. I mean, that's like a frightening, at least for me, that's like a frightening concept. Yeah, it's, that is something that I toil with a lot. Like, what if I post a video that like, you know, people don't receive well, or like, because I have a very tongue in cheek style of humor, right? It's very satirical. It's like, I, it's like roast kind of comedy. But it's like, my logic is if you can't laugh at yourself, how are you laughing at other people? Right? I mean, as a Gemini, I already get naturally get so much hate. Right, 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 right. So you you have that where you're like, listen, no one's getting more hate than me in general. <laughs> yeah, myself and Scorpios, we are like the two who are always getting you know, the shade thrown at us. But you know, that's very much my sense of humor. That's like, what makes me laugh, right? It's how I was raised. And I'm not the best, uh, you know, I can, I can hype people up very well. But like, that's, you know, my content, I want to make people laugh and sort of like, you know, laugh at their own sort of sense of, uh, you know, like the their own sort of little quirks and things like that. And I always fear is like, what if I post a video one day, and, you know, I'm poking fun at like, Leo's, you know, for example, they're like, Oh, like, I post, you know, poke fun at Leo's. And they're like, all the Leos in the world start like bandwagoning and like canceling me and they all unfollow me. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, Leos. It was one joke. Granted people understand. Granted, now that would actually my- be what cancers do, not Leos, but <laughs> I would <laughs> completely, all the cancers are like, it's done. It's over. Um, but you know, I, I fear about that, but then it's, again, it's like these, these humble pie moments of reminding myself I'm, I'm an internet personality, right? I'm someone who has on the internet and I'm making myself susceptible to that potential. However, the people who are on the other side, when they give me love and they give me support, it, it blows my mind. You know, people say sometimes, you're my favorite creator. And I'm like, how? It's, it's not me saying like, oh, I don't believe in myself, but it's still this sense of too. It's like, I still just view myself as, you know, a little kid from the Midwest who just wants to make people laugh, right? I still don't have this grasp of, like, I see 3 million. I'm like, I tell people that they're like, that's insane. And I'm like, I, I I don't know. There's something about it. It just doesn't register for me that I'm like, knock on wood, please, people don't cancel me for saying this. But like part of it's like, I, I just don't care about the fame, right? It's nice. It's it's fun. It's so great. And I love being able to connect, but it could all go away tomorrow. And that still is, that's not going to change who I am. It's not going to change my relationship with my boyfriend. It's not going to change my relationship with my friends or my family. 
but it just means now I'm on a different path. Now, you know, the universe wanted me to follow something else and I'm happy for the experience I've had. I'm happy that I was able to connect, but I think there's that mentality in my mind where it's like, if it all went away, I'm still smart. I'm still successful. I could go back into the corporate world, get another job and, you know, live out the rest of my life. Right. And people might not never hear me. And I think that perspective, when I get really scared, it always comes back as like, you know, like there's that, um, that little voice in your head. That's usually the saboteur, right? This little voice in my head is usually like the, you're going to be fine regardless. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's usually how it plays in my mind. I think that that's your intuition. I love that. Yeah. That little voice. Yeah. yeah, it's it's always nice. I love it when it's like you're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <Got> you. <laughs> We're good. Yeah, I I I have thought a lot about like what makes you know the masses turn on a dime. And obviously like a thing could happen, you know, a mm-hmm. movement can happen. Something could be discovered that happens. But in the case for instance of Britney Spears, which I, you know, <laughs> 13 years later and I'm still like what the fuck happened there. I think that I think that a lot of, at least for me, when I was 10, 11, you know, when she was, when she was out, when she was like, when her, she first arrived on the scene, she really made my life miserable. <laughs> I will have to, I have to say it's true. I mean, she was so hot in like an unattainable way for me as like, you know, a curly haired, brown haired, like chubby 11 year old kid, you know, who was, developing faster than all of her friends. Like I did not have Britney Spears belly. I did not have Britney Spears like look and feel and energy and vibe. And then there were some girls who did. Right. And the girls as close, the closer that you were to Britney Spears looking like, you know, the hotter you were, the more attractive you were, the more attention you got, the more popular you were. So for me, like I hate, I not just because I was cool, I hated Britney Spears, but also because I knew that her and her archetype was antithetical to who I was. And as long as she could exist, I couldn't exist, right? So I'm not obviously thinking about this consciously at 10 and 11. Yeah. But I know that if I, as I've retrospectively thought about it, I couldn't be the only person. And even those girls who I saw as more Britney Spears adjacent probably also felt the pressures within their closer grouping, you know, of like, who Mm -hmm. is hotter, who's blonder, who has more Von Dutch hats than the other person, whatever. I think that even though it was, you know, it's barely even Britney Spears, Britney Spears is like a puppet for the music industry and all the people who have money and all the people who are like putting that behind her. But it makes sense that then when all of these young girls and boys or whatever grow up and then they're 17, 18 and Britney Spears is shaving her head and is lashing out. Everyone's like, fuck you. Makes sense because there was so much animosity there to begin with. And mm-hmm. I think that the idea of making something that is like aspirational, something that is like people are jealous of that comes from this place of like coveting, eventually yeah. that will eat itself because people might be following but they're not following because they're feeling good. They're following because they're envying. They're following because they're jealous. And at one point, that is, I think, when, you know, the serpent will eat its own tail type of thing. That's how that's those are some of my thoughts on this. Um, but I, you know, I, this keeps me up at night. <laughs> I totally agree with that. And I think, too, that's, you know, part of like the the scary thing for me as well is that like I'm I think don't quote me on this. I think I'm the most. um like heavily followed person on uh, TikTok who identifies an astrologer and talks almost exclusively about astrology content. But I'm also too, I have a very unique perspective than most astrologers. I, I, I actively choose not to talk about things that I know the, the general public isn't going to understand. Right. So like, I'm not going to be talking about, you know, uh, a, a transiting, you know, Saturn being square, like, you know, the natal, the transiting sun or anything like, I'm not going to be talking about these complexities, which I understand. And I love to talk about, but I know the general public, right. They don't resonate with that. What they do resonate is, can I take this complex knowledge and dumb it down? Right. I say my brand of astrology on TikTok is astrology for dummies. and I'm okay with that. I'm comfortable with that. It allows me to be more humorous, which I prefer. But I've seen creators on TikTok who are smaller than me, like post videos that have come on my For You page. It's like one of this one creator, um, I don't remember them specifically, but I remember the video was like, 
oh, like, I can't believe there's, you know, people out there calling themselves astrologers, but all they do is just make jokes about the signs. I knew they were talking about me because there's not many astrologers who do that same thing. And that sort of thing plays in my mind as well, too, because I'm like, are people envious of me because I've chosen a brand of astrology that is more ubiquitous to the masses and not as educated as people might, you know, quote unquote, educated as people might, you know, see, whereas all the other TikTok creators, it, that's their brand where they want to talk about, like, I have so many friends in the TikTok community and astrology who are talking about day in and day out transits and what's going on and the complexities of how, you know, Mercury retrograde is going to play based on like your house and how it's, you know, interchangeable with, you know, the different aspects to it, all this stuff, which is so beautiful and so incredible. And I love to look at them too, because it gives me a different perspective, but also too, that's not the kind of content I want to create, right? I, I built my platform off of, you know, humor and lightheartedness. If people want to get that side of me, they book a reading with me, right? And I have a one-on-one Zoom conversation with them where we talk for like 15 minutes to an hour about what's going on, how it's affecting them, how it all interplays. Um, but I do fear, I fear that those people who don't have as big of a platform as me because their niche, which is already the, the astrology niche is very niche, is even more niche. And my niche, which is in their same niche, is just found its way to be more broad. I'm fearful that I'm always going to have a target on my back of like, oh, is he going to slip up one day? Right. Is mm. he going to make like a joke that isn't totally accurate? You know, like say I made a joke about Scorpios being, you know, super straightforward. I would never make that joke, right? About them like being so transparent and not secretive and all that jazz. People would be like, does he? Re- I mean, I think that would be a great joke because it I think it would, would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would too. I mean, think I think Scorpios now, like, would wait, really wait. like it too because they're so fucking weird that they might be like, yeah, we are straightforward. And then you're like, I'm no, not mysterious not. <laughs> at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like, I always feel like if I make that type of joke, is, it, is the astrology community going to be like, he doesn't know what he's talking about? And that scares they, me. And they will. And they will. And they but will. that's not, those aren't your people, you know? Yeah. And I think that's necessarily true. like they could be your friends, but if they do that, then they're not your friends, obviously. Well, and I think too, it takes me back to that moment of like, you know, if, like I said, what people say on the internet about me, it does not define my character, right? It does not define who I am. It does not define what I'm capable of. It just defines a perspective that might not be coming from my own or my circle. and. I'm a firm believer, um, you know, like perception is reality. The way that someone perceives something is, you know, their truth, right? And their sort of experience. And I'm going to respect that. And if, you know, someone's perspective or perception is that I'm, you know, not, you know, the smartest or the brightest or I'm not funny, then that's it. Great. But someone else loves me. So I'm not, I'm not worried. I, I think that it's, it's interesting to find ourselves kind of like organically in this conversation and have our subtopic be Mars because, <laughs> and we're both Virgo Mars. What, how do you feel about your Virgo Mars? A hot topic. Um, I kind of love it because. Oh okay. Help. Yeah. So <laughs> help, this is why, <laughs> this is why I love my Virgo Mars is because it makes me so, and I think I love it more because it's in my first house. I think that is a big sort of play that I have at, at, at least. And you're an Aries moon. And I'm an Aries moon. Exactly. So I think I really, really love my Virgo Mars because it gives me this sort of hyper cognizant perspective, right? Where it's like, I'm always, I mean, Virgo being the people pleaser, right? All of my actions are always very much, and all of my desires are always thinking about how is this going to interact with this person and how is it going to be presenting this way? Um, but it also too, it, and yes, my Virgo Mars does make me a little bit too perceptive at times. And it gives me just a little bit much, too much care about what's going on, but I love it because it makes, it makes me remind myself that like my actions at the end of the day are coming from me, right? What I'm doing isn't coming from like these external forces that I might be thinking about and I might be processing and I might be hyper fixated on. Right. Cause I think I do focus a lot on the presentation. Right. And I really do focus on the interaction of how I might pursue something or something that might be true and authentic to me as it's going to affect someone else. I think it makes me much more receptive than I could be. It makes me tone down all of my impulses. Um, even though that Aries moon loves to be impulsive and loves to be, you know, idiotic at times. Um, but I think it just, it, 
in my chart, I think it just plays really well. It's mm. my it's my grounding force that makes me take a step back and realize, okay, am I caring too much? Right. I say it's like my uh I, I, I say Mars is the planet of getting shit done, but I think in my chart it's the planet of giving a shit, right? Am I going to give a shit Ooh, or am I not, or am I not going to give a shit? Right. And mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like, you should probably be giving more of a shit. And sometimes my Virgo Mars is like, don't give a shit, right? Do it because you want to do it. So that's why I love my Virgo Mars. I know it's, you know, it's a hot take. That's really good. No, I mean, let's be honest. There's, there are worse Mars to have. (laughs) And I, and I say this as a Virgo Mars. I have a friend with a Pisces Mars, uh, in the 12th house and it's their chart ruler. Mm. God bless them. They, I hope that they have a really deep spiritual practice. They do. They the very deep spiritual practice. But uh, yeah, there's my mind where I was like, you know, what? at least I don't have that placement. <laughs> yeah, I I find and like all of my Cancer Mars listeners are going to feel so seen right now because I don't envy a Cancer Mars. I really, really like have so much compassion for Cancer Mars. We are also at the time of this recording, Mars just left Cancer just moved into Leo. And sort of reflecting on that, we just had the eclipse at the anoretic degree of cancer. And all of my cancer Mars friends and clients came out of the woodwork and like sort of were like, oh my God, what a horrible Mars return. And I was like, of course it was, baby. Like it's Mars and cancer. Like, <laughs> what can I say? You know, it's... What were you expecting, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, it could be the most amazing Mars return ever and you wouldn't perceive it as that because your Mars is in cancer. Like yeah. that's a hard placement. It's a it's a really hard placement to need to have so much validation in order to feel like you're on the right track. I have a hard time with my Virgo Mars because I hold everyone to such a high standard and mm. including myself, but like I can beat myself up about it and like I can, you know, well, let me put the put it this way. Like I can work as hard as I need to work in order to meet my goals. And yes. Me on me is like, it's an annoying relationship, but it's like one that I have, you know, you can only ever control yourself. So like that's healthy ish. (laughs) But when (laughs) I then apply those standards to other people, one, it's I'm always going to be disappointed. And two, it's, you know, you can't control other people, but Virgo Mars really wants to. So it's like, I find myself being constantly disappointed by like how did not this not get done in this way or like where is this fucking email or like why is this so sloppy or why was this missed opportunity missed like what the fuck where is everyone where is everyone's virgo mars and they don't have it so i have to then i'm kind of like siloed with my virgo mars being like no this is like a now it's a personal problem this is now become this is not a problem with the other person at this point anymore this is a you on you problem because you have to manage your expectations better yeah, no, I I, can <laughs> I just really feel that. channeled my Virgo Mars. <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can feel that. I think that's something that I I think for me, I definitely had had that when I was like work, like in group settings in like college and all that. Like I would be like, just let me do it, just let me do it, like let me take control, let me um, be in charge of it. But I think like the the judgment treat right the the judgment piece, the perspective piece, it's always been flipped in this sort of regard where it's like I want to be in control of the way that people perceive me right mm. which i think is very much a virgo tendency very much i mean the virgo rising vibe it's like i'm going to show you what you need to see right i'm going to show you what's going to make you think the highest of me and i think that control piece is like probably the worst sort of aspect of the virgo mars it's like you know having to be in control and wanting to have this sort of idealistic and like perfect perfect sort of representation and perfect sort of action and per- like that's why i had to force myself to you know not look at my comments not look at you know that sort of negativity because it's like i wanted to once i started you know amassing my following make sure that i pleased everyone you can't please 3 million people no you can barely you can barely please 5 people in a room right someone's going to be irritated and i had to like check myself and i think being that I have the following I do has helped my my Virgo placements really, really get the perspective of like, this is only coming from inside of you, right? And just because someone else might not vibe with it, 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 it doesn't change the fact that you're still doing your best and you're doing what you love. Um, so I think I'm very, very grateful for that, that it sort of has made me check my, uh, 
you know, have a little slice of humble pie and remember that, like you said, like this is, you know, a battle between yourself, right? It's the battle outside. It, it might be raging, but honestly, it's, it's going to pass and it's not worth staying, like losing sleep over. Mm-hmm. I think about like Virgos to scale a lot. Like I'll think about obviously Beyonce, amazing Virgo to scale. Freddie Mercury, amazing Virgo to scale. But then like I think of Michael Jackson, Virgo to scale, Amy Winehouse, Virgo to scale. Like I think that if we just are looking at sun sign astrology there in those two um, latter celebrities, I can really see the Virgo to scale how challenging that is, you know, Mm -hmm. because Virgo, I, I think about the signs really very much as sort of like you have you know, in our sort of maturation, right? Process. Yeah. So like Gemini being the first air sign, then Libra being the teenager, and then Aquarius being the elder. And mm-hmm. Virgo is still, even though it thinks that it's the adult, it's still the teenager, you know? It yeah. still doesn't actually know how, it, do- it doesn't have that sort of like Capricorn, like, I got this shit. You know, Virgo is still like, but wait, like, is it good? Like, do you like it? Like, are you happy? Like, is it making you smile? You know, and that I think is where Virgo to scale struggles, whereas Gemini to scale wouldn't because Gemini, it's like so young. I think that those middle signs have a hard time because they recognize it's like they're too. I'm not a girl, not yet a woman to go back to Britney Spears, you know, it's like they are, they don't have that sort of innocence of the first four, but they don't have that wisdom of the last four. So those middle signs are like, still need that validation in order to do it, you know? I think that's so interesting. And I think that's a big reason why though, like, so the four middle signs, right? Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio. I've noticed in particular on, you know, TikTok and in my comments that there's four very distinct dialogues that happen between those signs. It's the Leos being like, I'm not as X, Y, Z as people perceive me as like, not as, you know, arrogant or self-centered and stuff like that. But like you said, it's like, oh, am I, you know, is it right? Right. Am I presenting well enough? Right. They still want to be the sense of scene. Right. It's still not, it's not Sagittarius. <laughs> it's still not Sagittarius. Right. Where it's like, I'm going to do it because I'm going to do it and you're going to deal with it. Thank you very much. Right. Um, and like for Virgo, it's like Virgos are like, why are we so underrated? Right. Why don't people, you know, give us the attention we deserve? And that's similar with the Libras. I know this recently as well, too. People are like, why doesn't anyone talk about us? Right. Why don't people give us the sense of attention? <laughs> it's and true. Then Scorp- and then Scorpio is being like, why am I misunderstood? Right. It's the true you know, that middle school angst and, you know, middle child syndrome that those sort of four have to deal with, right? And it's it's hard for anyone who has those types of placements, and especially like their son, because that's, you know, TikTok is very sun sign astrology focused, um, which is one of my, uh, one of my disgruntled sort of feelings towards it. But, um, you know, it's, those are what people are identify with the first, right? And someone could have, you know, great Leo placements, but they could be what, you know, some people call like the evolved Leo, who is super loyal and super giving and super loving and, you know, can be a little self-serving at times, but it's in the betterment of, you know, everyone. Whereas the joke might just be, oh, they're arrogant, right? Just because they look good sort of thing. And I think that's so such an interesting perspective. And we still stand that. We still need it. <laughs> we ah, we still cool. love we still love a classic like Leo as main character energy drag. I think that's hundred percent absolutely <laughs> essential. <laughs> it's necessary. It's really necessary. Even the most evolved Leos need to like be reminded of like, ooh, watch it. I just my friend who's an amazing Leo just said the most amazing Leo comment to me the other day. She was like, it wasn't about me, it was about some other interpersonal relationship she was dealing with, but she was like, at least just dis- at least disrespect me in a way that I respect so that when like we break up, I'm still going to have like some reverence for you. Like at least disrespect me respectfully. And I was like, Oh my God, like Leo fucking queen. Like, (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Like if you're going to come for me, at least do it in a way that I would have. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like don't make me disrespect the way you disrespected me, disrespect me and make me respect you for it. (laughs) I love that Leo energy. That's so fun. So fun. Okay. So question number one, Yes. Actually, I've asked you so many questions, so I That's don't okay. even know what it is. But <laughs> first segment question. What do you believe in? So I touched on this before, Catholic guilt. I was raised very Catholic. 
and I don't identify as a Catholic anymore. Um, I believe that there's something else out there. I don't know what it's called, but I believe that it manifests itself in various ways for different cultures and different people. Right. I took a world religions class my freshman year of college. And that was sort of like the light bulb that it basically, my professor said, I am a religious person. He, I think he was a minister. Um, and he's like, but I'm going to, by the end of this, um, class, I'm going to make you believe that no one religion is the right religion. And I was like, oh, a religious person who identifies as Catholic telling me that I'm, it's okay that I don't listen to Catholicism. I was like, I am into this. I am here for it. Um, and basically the class boiled down to, you can't know anything about theology without knowing something about sociology and all major world religions boil down to like the same things. There's something else after this life, be a good person. Don't steal from people, right. And give back to the poor essentially. So I've, you know, over the past year started to identify more to the side of like witchcraft and the occult. I don't know specifically how that manifests itself yet. I just know that I believe we are all energy. The energy ebbs and flows. Um, I believe that, you know, spirits exist. And when we get to this point in time where our life has lived, um, you know, like our spirit has lived enough lives, it passes on and it's great resting. Something that my grandma said, who is my like spiritual guide throughout my entire life. When I was Catholic, she was my confirmation sponsor on her deathbed. She said, um, this is my last life. I finally got it right. Right which is, I kind of like hold on to that as a sense of like, there's always something else, right? It's, we can be reborn if we need to go through it again. And I love having this dialogue with people who are, you know, super, super religious people like we're very, very atheist, all that jazz, because I believe whatever you believe is what's right for you. Right. And for me, it's, I'm being guided my day-to-day life by the stars and my spiritual practice is self-reflection, talking to my ancestors deep meditation, lighting some incense or a cedar bundle, anything like that, holding on to my amethyst, right? And taking a bunch of deep breaths and saying, get this negative mercury retrograde energy out of me. Um, so yeah, that's that's essentially what I believe. I love that. That's so beautiful. And that's so, what a, what a powerful statement for your grandmother to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, when she, like, I, I heard that she said that, I was like, holy crap. And this was a woman who like prayed the rosary every day, right? So she was very, very Catholic. And I found out later in life after she passed away that she was really into astrology too. And she had all of these books on astrology. Um, but at that time I wasn't, you know, really talking to my family about it because Catholic guilt and my mom, she was like, Oh God, I wish I would have known back then that you were so like, and this was right around the time I started getting into astrology that you were so into it because I would have kept those books for you. I was like, well, I wish I didn't have Catholic guilt, so I would have told you I was into it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that opens a can of worms. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> this goes to trauma real fast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I would love to pull a card for you if you are interested. I am more than interested. Um, tarot card, I'm assuming, right? Yes, but I, uh, what if I had greeting cards? That would be so interesting. So. <laughs> pull like a Hallmark card? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <That's> funny. <laughs> I love to pull a Hallmark card for you. It says, <laughs> it says get well soon. It says happy third birthday, <laughs> my beautiful boy. <laughs> yeah, maybe so I funny. should have that just like, you know, just for a good bit for someone. It's like a just really in case if, if someone's like, no, please don't pull a tarot card for me. You're like, no, no, no. It's actually a Hallmark card. Right. It's actually, I have greeting cards here and I would love to just read you a greeting cards statement. <laughs> <laughs> That would be so funny. That's like the next podcast. Do that one. Yes. Yes. I mean, when I say I'd like to pull a card, it really like it's it's open. I mean, I could also pull a fucking Pokemon card if need be. So it's, right? it's like, hey, you got Jigglypuff today. Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> you actually got a holographic. That would be, so cool. That'd be so cool. OK, so do you have a question about anything or something in your life that you're curious about that? Yeah. OK, cool. let's. Oh God, I have so many questions. Let's focus on the topic of, I guess, just like my relationship, right? You know, diving in, we're going to go to long distance again. And I just want to make sure that like the communication there is going to be strong and like the love ideally wouldn't dissipate. Obviously it changes the context of a relationship, but I'm confident in it. I just hope that, you know, the universe is confident in it as well. Okay. That sounds good. Um, let us see. I'm going to break this up into three piles. Okay. And which pile would you like me to work with? One, two, or three? Three. 
beautiful. As soon okay. as you said, I'm going to break this up. And I was like, number three, I don't know why, but number three Ooh, came right into okay. my mind. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Okay. So let's get a card for, to get some insight into what to expect for this relationship change, this transformation, this movement, this growth. Um, what should we think about? What should we consider during this time of transition? Does that sound good? Yeah. Sounds beautiful. Okay, cool. So we pulled the four of wands. You know, the amazing thing about this card, especially as we're talking about a long distance relationship, is that it actually is from a distance that we are looking at this. Um, one of the things that always strikes me about the iconography on this card is that, yes, it's like, you know, there's obviously like a celebration going on. There's some there's a party happening, but are we participating in it or are we observing it? Um, and oftentimes when I pull this card, I think about the perspective of the individual. I think about the role that person has in context to the question. And in this, you know, considering your question one, this is very much indicates something long distance, right? Because we have a long vantage. We're seeing something from, we're kind of pulled back our scope on this image. So one, you know, yes, we are definitely talking about your long distance relationship here. There's no, there's no other narrative that's coming in. And then two, I think that this is also kind of folds in on itself and reminds us like you're in this for the long haul. You know, this is, this is going to be a process. It's a process to get to the point where you guys are getting married and celebrating and there, there's a unification. The distance here is you know, you are focusing and the energy needs to be recognizing this isn't necessarily going to be the way it is forever, but this is still a means to an end where we will be having a fabulous party in one, in some way, shape or form that we will be united in. But this is part of the process in order to find that unification is that we also have to have the perspective and we have to have the vantage in order to ultimately reunite in a, you know, in a way that is going to be uh, able to bring those two lives together. I love it. Love it. Yay, oh, so beautiful affirmative. Card. What beautiful I needed to hear. I mean, there's I a lot of options. We could have pulled the fucking tower and then <laughs> we would have had to deal with it, you know? Right. I, I know a little bit about tarot. Um, so when you pulled the, uh, the four of wands, I was like, Ooh, I know that's a good one. <laughs> I know there's good something one. good there. Right. I was it's like, please one. not the tower, please not death. Like <laughs> right. And we would have figured it out, you know, like we would have seen like, well, what is this? Why did we get this card? Because that's always yeah. what I want to know. Well, why? You know, and I think in this case, it really spoke for itself. The distance is ultimately you are looking at your relationship from this distant perspective, and that's okay. That's part of the process. That's part of where the relationship is right now. We're also in the first, we're still in the first half of the story. You know, the four yeah. is just the beginning, really. We have a whole other six cards to go through in order to get to the conclusion. Uh, I love it. I love it. Beautiful. I love the universe. Um, so final question. And also I say tank, which means there are no coincidences. So very tank, which is how has magic shown up in your life? Uh, I think it shows up every day. I think that's such a cliche, but um, I think it does. I, I think for one, right. I think it's kind of magic that I am doing what I'm doing, right. 15 year old me would look ahead now, what, nine years and be like, there's no way in hell. There's no way he's doing that, but it's, it's magic that I am able to do something that I love and take a risk and take a chance on myself. I think it's magic that I get to wake up every day next to my cat who is, you know, a lazy piece of shit, but that's magic to me, right? It's magic that I get, I'm afforded the opportunity to live in, you know, New York city, which is, you know, a dream for so many people. And I get to do it every day. It's, it's magic that I get to share myself and, you know, love another person. I think, you know, and there's even more like in the, the spiritual sense of magic, right? Where I can have these moments of, I can feel my grandma's spirit around me, or I can feel the essence of, you know, the universe just telling me you're good, you're safe, you're fine. I think every day magic is just, it just, it's just through me, right? And ebbs and flows. And I think it's because of my perspective that I, I try and focus at least every day, find one little thing that I would more normally look over, right? Not appreciate and appreciate it. And I think that's just, you know, me intentionally trying to find the magic. Cause I think magic doesn't have to be this grandiose big thing. It can be, it can be a really great, you know, you know, slap in the face, so to say. But I think 
it mostly just likes to show itself in this little subtle piece of life's going well. You're having a good time, right? There's something to smile about. Um, so it hits me every day and it comes in and ebbs and flows. And some days it's more obvious. And some days I got to sit and remind myself what, what is beautiful in the world and what is reminding me that, you know, there's something to smile about. I love that. That's so beautiful. And I do agree. I think that magic is, is very ubiquitous. I think that magic is everywhere. Magic is, is definitely the smaller things. I mean, this is also very Virgo, right? (laughs) Magic, magic, magic in the mundane is the essence of Virgo rising. Yeah, it really is. I love, I don't know. I, I always try to remind myself and whenever I have like had an icebreaker for work or anything like that, my icebreaker would always be or something close to the, the realm of, uh, you know, what's something that you overlook every day that is super meaningful to you or something. Oh, that's so that beautiful. Yeah. It's just like, you know, just a mini reflection to be like, huh, that is something that is, you know, making me feel good every day and something that I forget to take advantage of. That's on Pisces descendant also. I have to that say. is that is on the Pisces descendant right there. Yeah. The Fuck. I don't know. It's all about the subtleties. I think people in today's day and age like a nice glitz and glam, but I think I I don't know, I appreciate all the, the little stuff. You're like so I much like more. a nice green juice. Oh gosh. <laughs> I love I love nothing more than a GT's trilogy kombucha after like a long week just to oh sort of God, sit and yes. just like sip it in the park. Um, just a nice little moment. (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, you know, for any listeners who are not part of your 3 million followers, where can (laughs) we find you? Yes. You can find me at JK. It's Cole, all one word, all lowercase, um, JK, I T S C O L E TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. If I ever feel like posting more videos there, um, all that. So yeah, please follow me, connect. If you know, I feel like a good vibe for you. If not, that's cool. Sending you so much love anyway. <laughs> You're like, I don't fucking need it. Bye. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> my Aries my Aries like, screw you anyway. I don't need you. Follow. <laughs> yeah. We're good without you. No, everyone will obviously go follow. We love you. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your magic with us. Ah, oh, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. It means so much. Thank you.